1: system. Alexander Hamilton being the guy here in a very un-Jeffersonian. In the case of the Republicans, it's dramatically the opposite. Uh, But even in the case of the Democrats. An absolute typhoon of terror against African-Americans themselves. America's fascists are those people who think that Wall Street comes first and the American people come second. We're only seen as a financial sector that's uh, gotten out of hand. The shootings. the violence. That is not the drug problem. That is, in fact, the drug policy problem.
2: I speak tonight for the dignity of man.
0: And there's a joke going around. Maybe you've heard it. Question, why doesn't Israel become the 51st state? Answer, well, because then they'd only have two senators. Now, what's no joke is how... The uncritical power of the Israel lobby in the United States threatens both Jewish values and prospects for Middle East peace. These days, it seems criticism of the current Israeli government's policies are both extremely important to express while being simultaneously unacceptable to be expressed, especially in the state of Israel. But according to our guest on today's Keeping Democracy Alive, Alan Braunfeld, Braunfeld the age-old assumption that Israel and the U.S. must enjoy a permanently uncritical relationship is really fraying. Israel has always had a special place among the world's nations in that it has always been the one stable democracy in the Middle East. Or so it seemed. For many decades, there has been criticism of the state of Israel's treatment of non-Jews, of course. But what's new is the crackdown on Jewish Israelis who dare to criticize current policy of the Netanyahu regime. What's new is that assumption of a stable democracy is proving to be highly questionable under the current Israeli administration. Yet there seems to be Virtually no voice in the United States daring to criticize new and serious deterioration of democracy for fear of looking anti-Semitic. Our guest today, Alan Brownfield, argues that such uncritical support enables these anti-democratic trends to continue and, in his words, represents a threat to both Jewish values and to Prospects for Peace in the Middle East. Alan Brownfeld is a nationally syndicated columnist and serves as associate editor of the Lincoln Review and editor of Issues. The author of five books, he has served on the staff of the U.S. Senate, House of Representatives, and the Office of Vice President. Alan, thanks so much for being with us on Keeping Democracy Alive.
1: Well, my my pleasure to be with you, Bert. Let's
0: start by talking about some recently proposed new laws in Israel, which, as you point out, seriously undermine the tradition of democracy. Tell us about two groups, and I'm not sure if I'll pronounce them correctly, B'Tselem and Breaking the Silence. Who are they, and in what ways are they newly under attack?
1: B'Tselem is a human rights group in Israel that has for many years exposed the mistreatment of of Palestinians, both within Israel and in the occupied territories. Breaking the Silence is an organization of former Israeli military personnel who object to the manner in which Israel's army is deployed in the West Bank as an occupying force and criticizes its mistreatment of Palestinians. So those two groups are just among a number of non-governmental organizations known as just NGOs, which are coming under attack by Israel's current right-wing government. Legislation which has been proposed by Prime Minister Netanyahu's regime would require these groups to identify every time they appear in public or speak, all the nature of their funding, some of which comes from American friends, some from the EU, and some from within Israel itself. Originally, it was proposed that members of these NGOs, when they appear in the Knesset to testify, wear a badge identifying their funding. This was withdrawn because critics said this was too much like the yellow star Jews were forced to wear under Nazi occupation. Mm. But the goal is to intimidate these groups into silence. And what's particularly interesting is, that right-wing Israeli groups, right. those in the occupied territories, also receive a great deal of funding from America and elsewhere. But those groups are not required to identify their funding. And what I think Americans should understand is that a great deal of tax-exempt American dollars are sent to what our government views as illegal settlements in the occupied territories. In fact, there's now a lawsuit against using tax-exempt funds in this manner.
0: Who who has filed that lawsuit? Is that from the, within the U.S.?
1: These are American groups that American uh, Jewish organizations, some of which are sending funds. To the occupied territory, right.
0: And 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 who is who's filing that suit against uh, to try to change the uh, 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 tax exam well, status?
1: There, there are a number of organizations, church groups, and others that are involved in in this suit, which is just in the early uh-huh. early stages of uh, being filed. But I think this is a subject that all Americans should be concerned about, because our taxpayer dollars go to Israel in larger numbers than to any other country in the world. Right. Our government policy says that the occupied territories are illegal. Right. And we look to a two-state solution, the creation of a Palestinian state alongside Israel. Right. Yet the current Israeli government continues its policy of occupation, and we as Americans are complicit because our tax dollars help to finance this.
0: So when the uh, money, the private money, goes to these right-wing NGOs, non-governmental organizations, that is tax-deductible as as a charity, I I would guess, right? Like, uh, I don't know if they're Yes
1: yes that, that's that's the way it is portrayed in our tax law at the moment.
0: well, I wonder how Israel could be singled out for that because i mean there's when for example, I give to uh doctors without borders uh that the work that they do is in other countries and it's the tax deductible contribution so I wonder how difficult it would be to to single out uh, uh, you know NGOs that are supporting the uh, the illegal settlements. I guess maybe it wouldn't be all that difficult to.
1: Well, I, I mean, the, the the major point that I'm trying to make, I think, in this regard, mm-hmm. is simply that the Israeli government is trying to silence yes. NGOs that disagree with. The occupation agenda, while is quite happy to receive funds from abroad yes. for the occupation, this this is a, a complete double double standard.
0: And it's it's relatively new this cracking down on on the peace groups, right? The ones uh, you know who question the occupation and and. Uh, You know, raise questions about uh, the the settlements in occupied uh, Palestinian areas. Is isn't this relatively new action?
1: Yes, yes. This is this is since the re-election of Prime Minister Uh Netanyahu. What what many what many Americans, I think, don't understand, particularly American Jews. And I must point out that when you mentioned that I was editor of Issues, this is the publication of the American Council for Judaism. Uh huh. And the American Council for Judaism is an organization which argues that Judaism is a religion, not a nationality. That American Jews are American by nationality and Jews by religion, just as other Americans are Catholic, Protestant. Or, or Muslim, Zionism is a philosophy which argues yes. that Israel is the state of all Jews. Zionism goes so far as to say that American Jews are living in exile, mm. and that their obligation mm. and responsibility is to emigrate to Israel. Obviously, most American Jews reject them, yeah. but American Jews somehow view Israel as being a state similar to America, with democracy and religious freedom and the values that we are repeatedly told these two countries share. Right. But this is not true. In Israel, for example, we do not have separation of church and state. We have a theocracy. Yes, A reform rabbi has no right in Israel to perform a wedding, a funeral, a conversion. Orthodox Judaism is the state religion of Israel. All other forms of Judaism have no legal rights in Israel at all. So we also have a situation where... In the occupied territories, Jewish settlers have all the rights of Israeli citizens. They vote in elections. They have every civil right an Israeli citizen can claim, whereas people that live right next door to them, Palestinians, have no rights at all. So this is not American value. Hmm. This is not a Western-style democracy. This is something quite, quite different.
0: Wow. Yeah, it certainly uh, does does seem to be. If you just tuned in to Keeping Democracy Alive, Bert Cohen here, our guest today, Alan Brownfeld. Uh, we're talking about uh, the decline of democracy itself in the state of Israel. And certainly you're right that, you know, all the time that I was growing up, we were taught uh, America and Israel are like best buddies because we're both democracies and support uh, freedom of religion. And as you describe, you know, being a theocracy, I'm trying to think of what other theocracies there are in the world. I believe Iran is a theocracy. I'm not sure what other countries are actually uh, theocracies where it's an official well state Israel religion.
1: Israel, I think, would share more with countries like Saudi Arabia and Iran than they would with Western-style democracies like Denmark or Sweden or England or our own country. Mm. I mean, there is religious freedom in Israel. Catholics can be Catholics, Protestants can be Protestants, Muslims can be Muslims. But there's no such thing as a non-Orthodox Judaism in Israel. This does not exist. There's no such thing in Israel as civil marriage. So if a Jew and a Christian or a Muslim and a Christian want to marry, they really have to leave Israel and get married in some other country Mm. because Israel has no civil marriage. So far from a Western-style democracy.
0: Well, now in terms of citizenship and being able to participate in the uh whatever degree of democracy there is, the varying degrees of Christians can participate, correct? And is it not true that Palestinians who consider themselves citizens of Israel, non-Jewish citizens of Israel can uh, participate in the elections, yes?
1: Yes, yes, 20% of the Israeli population are palestinians right they do have a right to vote they are represented in parliament within israel there is that level of democracy within the occupied territories where 2.5 million palestinians live they have no rights at all and there is no commitment any longer by the israeli government to move toward a two-state solution. Prime Minister Netanyahu has said this will not happen in his lifetime. Mm. That's why they continue to build the settlements. And as Americans, this should concern us. In February, King Abdullah of Jordan, at a meeting in Munich, said, we will never defeat ISIS in the Middle East until we resolve the Israeli-Palestinian question. As long as Israel continues to occupy these territories, he said, hatred toward Israel and the United States grows
2: uh-huh. within
1: the Arab world. So one way to eliminate the anti-American feeling in that part of the world is to resolve the Israeli-Palestinian
0: Question. Ah, interesting. So it's in our direct uh, national interest to, as you say, resolve the Israeli-Palestinian uh, uh, question. You've brought up an awful lot of subjects that that need to be talked about. And you know, in, in in an article you wrote recently, you mentioned that the education minister of the state of Israel banned a novel called Border Life. And I, I wonder, you know, as you describe what, what that book why that was banned, I wonder if listeners could consider what would be the reaction here in the United States if the government tried to ban a book because it promoted racial intermarriage. Tell us about that book, please,
1: and, and why it was banned. Well, that, that is really uh, the tip of the iceberg. In, in, the, in this case, there was a book that was being used in Israeli high schools, the book called Border Life, And it dealt with a romance between an Israeli woman and a Palestinian man. Now the ministry eliminated it as part of the civics curriculum because any relationships between Jews and non-Jews are frowned upon. In fact, one of the things that's very interesting is that there is an organization in Israel called Lehava which is committed to fighting any relationships between Jews and non-Jews. One of its major posters shows the Israeli model Bar-Raffaele and Leonardo DiCaprio, with whom she has a relationship, saying that she is corrupting and polluting, quote, the Jewish race, unquote, This is just like Nazi Germany to have discussions of the Jewish race and polluting the race. There is a growing right-wing in Israel that has a clearly racist view. In fact, a best-selling book in Israel was called The King's Torah, written by right-wing rabbis in the occupied territories. And one of the points they make is, that the biblical commandment, thou shalt not kill, only applies to killing another Jew. It has nothing to do with killing non-Jews. These yeah. groups are committed to eliminating all Muslims and Jews, and Muslims and Christians from Israel. In fact, the Sephardic chief rabbi in March made a speech calling for all non-Jews to be removed from Israel. Now, very few people in America know anything about this. Yes. I mean, this violates all Jewish values. American Jews are committed to equality for men and women of every race, nationality, religion. Absolutely. How in their name, these horrible things are being done and they really know nothing about it
0: but I, I I have to you know ask groups like that 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 uh, are obviously racist and calling for the uh, expulsion of, of you know everybody except those that uh, a certain kind of, of Judaism or Zionism uh, is isn't that you know a small fringe group you mentioned a group called Im I think it is. Are they just a small fringe group? And, you know, many years ago, there was uh, Meyer Kahane's cock party, C- I'm a K-A-C-H, which was made illegal because of its blatant racism. That was made illegal. Have I mean, Those attitudes are pretty extreme. Are they not so much on the fringe anymore? I mean, how pervasive are they? Are they growing or are they, you know, always kind of on the fringe?
1: They're not on the fringe. I mean, you're making a very, very important point, because the man named Benzi Gopstein, who is the head of LaHava, the anti-interracial or intra-religious marriage group, from the age of 14, was a follower of Rabbi Kahani. Uh. In fact, in their weekly protests in Jerusalem, this group has signs which say, Kahane was right. Now, one example of how Israel has changed is that in the years when Kahane was promoting his own racist agenda, his party was made illegal. Right. Now, the Hava is perfectly legal and faces no impediments. In fact, one of the points that should be made is that we are now 20 years from the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin Right. the people that were supportive of his murderer are now running Israel what this group was very marginalized at that time I would think but is growing stronger and Um, Amos Oz, the distinguished Israeli author, has referred to these people as Hebrew neo-Nazis. It's a terrible, terrible development. And the people in Israel who believe in democracy, Mm -hmm. who oppose the occupation, Mm -hmm. who want the creation of a Palestinian state, Mm -hmm. are very upset with the fact that that leading American Jewish organizations do not speak up in behalf of democracy, in right. behalf of tolerance, right, in behalf and, of religious freedom, but tend to support whatever happens in Israel, right or wrong, which, as I write in the article, violates Jewish values.
0: No, it certainly does, and, and I... I'm certainly Jewish and rather comfortable with being Jewish and proud of, you know, it's wonderful to have this tradition of ethics and values. I, the state of Israel is not is is quite different from that. I I have to say. And I wonder about you know I, I've heard it said that uh you get four Jews in a room you get five different strong opinions. But I, I so I wonder about what percentage of Israeli Jewish Israeli citizens you know, would like democracy and are opposed to this extreme right-wing racism? And is it, what percentage of of Israelis, uh, you know, would like to have a Palestinian
1: state? Well, there have been a number of polls and studies that have been done. In fact, in just today, any of your listeners can look at the website of the Jewish Telegraphic Agency, and that website says that three out of four Israeli Jews do not believe that the West Bank is being occupied. What? They believe that it is Israeli territory uh-huh. and Israelis have a right to to it. So, I mean, that's a pretty significant percentage.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very high. And I was just... Um isn't I'm just looking there's many many different groups and and as you describe uh, believing that the west Bank is part of of Israel it, it, does that relate to something you describe called the kingdom of Judea ideology
1: well the idea that these people really uh, have is that God gave Israel all of this land and Israel has a right to to it, regardless of who may be living in it at the moment, Mm. which is a pretty extreme view. Now, there was a study recently done by the Pew Research Center. This was done in March. It found that almost half of Israeli Jews are in favor of transferring or expelling Mm. all of the state's Arab population. Forty-five percent say a Palestinian state cannot exist alongside of Israel. And four out of five Israeli Jews say that Israel should give preferential treatment to Jews. And this the same study indicates that 60% of Israeli Jews believe God gave the land to them. Right.
0: There is that song in the movie uh, Exodus about uh, God giving the land to us. And you're right, there were other people living there before.
1: This is not a a minority view. Hmm. This is the view that dominates in Israel today. This is the view that Prime Minister Netanyahu basically represents. And this this is a view that the United States government totally rejects. Yeah, I would think. Our ambassador in Israel is a man named Daniel Shapiro. Right. He's an Orthodox Jew, speaks Hebrew fluently, went to Hebrew University. He said recently in a major speech that the continuing growth of settlements raises questions about whether or not Israel is committed to a two-state solution. He said that attacks on Palestinians lack a vigorous response and that vigilantism by Jewish extremists goes unchecked. He said there are two standards of law in Israel, one for Israelis and one for Palestinians. So this is basically the U.S. government position And I honestly believe that if most American Jews understood some of the things that were happening in Israel, they would be outraged that these things are being done in their name.
0: And, you know, of course, uh, you're an American, I'm an American, we're both Jewish, I believe, I know I am, and when we offer any any criticism whatsoever of the current government of the state of israel you know what i'm about to say some people call us self-hating jews they think that how dare we criticize israel at all and that whole dynamic is obviously very anti-democratic and it just it's it's certainly frightening that you know and and here we have, as you describe, the American ambassador to Israel, Daniel Shapiro, speaking out about these issues. And what what does the government do about it? And, and in Congress, certainly one of the biggest problems, I think it's it's fairly clear, is something called APAC, the American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee, and they are just. Israel, right or wrong? Tremendous, tremendous power. I'm not sure who's more powerful, the NRA or APAC. AIPAC. I, 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 there probably is some way of measuring it, but I don't know.
1: Well, they're always mentioned in the same... That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah.
0: And, you know, it's just so... We have been taught that, you know, Israel is this wonderful democracy, just like us, and they're, you know, like sister states. And It's just not the same. And that's that's what we're trying to focus on here on this edition of Keeping Democracy Alive. And and my sense is that in the late 20th century, probably since uh, the Second World War, American Jews became less traditionally religious. I mean, you know, very few uh, kosher families, I think, and, uh, you know, not, not so much of, of the rituals. Uh, we just go to a synagogue maybe twice a year, if that. But dedication to the state of Israel eh, kind of assuaged our, you know, less religiousness. Uh, you write that, quote, unquestioning support for Israel and making it the center of organized Jewish life has been a form of idolatry with Israel replacing God. As Judaism's universal moral and ethical values. End of quote. Has has this not enabled Israel to abandon its formerly high moral ground? This is very concerning to me.
1: Well, I think I think that's uh, what has happened. Is that Israel has become central to the Jewish identity of many American Jews. Yes, replacing. God. Mm -hmm. And I compare this to the biblical story of the golden calf,
2: Hmm.
1: worshiping not God, but the golden calf. I Hmm. mean, Israel is a sovereign state, like every sovereign state. Right. It makes errors, it does good things, it has to be subject to criticism. To make a state the object of worship is something completely irreligious. In fact, the Bible, all of the great prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Micah, Hosea, the biblical prophets were always holding the Jewish people to the highest moral standard. In fact, Jews left Palestine because they had acted in an inappropriate way and God removed them. So the oh. idea that God believes that whatever Jews do should be embraced is the opposite of Judaism.
0: You've done a lot more biblical research than I have. I'll I'll admit to that. That's uh, <laughs> we like to get people more knowledgeable than me on this, and it's uh, it's greatly uh, appreciated. And you know, when we talk about democracy. What does that mean? It's not that majority rules to the exclusion of the minority. In fact, by definition, democracy requires the rights of the minority to be protected. And of course, free speech is there not to protect safe speech. That doesn't need protection. Free speech is there to protect offensive speech. What is happening of late to that aspect of democracy in Israel the the, the uh, freedom of speech that we so value
1: well i mentioned in in the article another piece of legislation that is been proposed by prime minister netanyahu and that is before the knesset and that would enable the expulsion of members of parliament who do not proclaim their allegiance to Israel as a Jewish and democratic state. Now, there's a certain contradiction between being a Jewish and democratic state. How many of us would like America to be called a Christian and democratic state or a Protestant and democratic state? Ted Cruz. Why why would... An Arab, Christian or Muslim member of the Knesset want to proclaim Israel a Jewish and democratic state, and according to this legislation, that person could be expelled. Uh, the idea the idea of religion and government being separate is something American Jews hold dear.
0: Absolutely.
1: American Jewish organizations over the years have fought for strict separation of church and state.
0: Absolutely.
1: They've even opposed the voluntary reading of non sectarian prayer in the public schools. Mm-hmm. Yet these same groups support a theocracy in Israel. Yeah. This is in violation of Jewish standards and values. Yeah. And the question that comes to mind is, do Jews only believe in freedom of religion when they are in a minority?
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's an interesting point. And what about freedom of speech? You write about this, you know, there was that new uh, proposed legislation supported by Netanyahu, of course, providing for the expulsion of a member of the Knesset, which is the parliament. What would be the grounds for expulsion under this bill? What specific action by three Knesset members sparked the call for this legislation? That's an interesting story, if you would, please.
1: Well, the, legi- the legislation, is, uh, of course, has not yet been adopted and hopefully right. will, will not be. Well, what It what action talks did... about support for terrorism, which is already illegal in Israel, so you don't need to do that. But it's this commitment to a Jewish and democratic state that is, is the question. I mean, our view of a state is that a state should be a state of all its citizens. Yeah. That all its citizens should have equal rights. Uh, and let me say, though, in behalf of Israel, that historically, Israel has more had more freedom of religion and more freedom of speech than other countries in the region. Oh, absolutely. It's true. Yes. But Israel does not want to be compared with other countries in the region. Israel wants to be viewed as a Western-style democracy. It wants us to view it as Denmark or Sweden or Switzerland. And there Hmm. it fails. (laughs) The very fact that non-Orthodox Jews have no religious rights tells us that this is not a society committed to religious freedom.
0: Well, again, on this...
1: Israel wants to be compared to America... And it repeatedly tells us that it shares our values, but the evidence is very questionable.
0: And, and tell us, if you would, about these three Knesset members who did something, uh, which was very—it's an interesting story—something uh, about visiting uh, some people, some of their constituents. Tell us about that, please, that sparked— uh well,
1: That were several Arab members of the Knesset who visited the families of young Palestinians— who had been involved in some terrorist attack and were killed, and they were just visiting the families to express their sympathy for the death, And that was cited as an example of support for terrorism and a desire to uh, remove them from the, from the Knesset. I mean, it's a, it's a terrible business. Uh, I don't know how any of us would be if our country had been occupied for 50 years by another country and we had been mistreated. Uh, I think that the answer to the Israeli-Palestinian question is what we have always understood in the past, that there must be a Palestinian state alongside Israel, and that we, the United States, would guarantee the peace between these states. But in Israel, there used to be a significant portion of the population that believed in a two-state solution. Uh Now it seems the majority of Israelis, as all of these polls indicate, think Israel can keep the occupied territories indefinitely. In fact, some in the Israeli government call for annexing these territories and making them oh, no doubt. part of Israel.
0: No doubt. And of uh, course, you know, that I, I hate to say, but a big model has to be uh, the uh, white settlers from Europe in what was, uh, you know, aboriginal land, uh, the people who were in what is now America, and we just, you know, took it over and uh, didn't pay a particular price for it. So they have their example that they're following, and you know, I I don't imagine there'd be too many people who'd be uh, willing to uh, turn over the keys to their house to the uh, original inhabitants uh, here. And uh, in in Israel, uh, it's it's a they have to there has to be some sort of two state solution. Although I don't know how that can happen these days. It's been it's been so. Uh, beaten up, and Netanyahu says it won't happen in his lifetime. And I wonder, you know, back to the issue of democracy in Israel for Israelis. There's an organization that's been around quite a long time called the New Israel Fund. They're not particularly radical. They're strong defenders of Israel as a liberal democracy. Are, Are they, even they, under attack nowadays? This New Israel Fund?
1: Well, the New Israel Fund is one of a number of groups in Israel that do believe in Western-style democracy yes. and do oppose the occupation, and these groups are under, under attack. But the thing is that the number of those groups seems to be diminishing, and the number of people in Israel committed to to maintaining the occupation seems to be growing. Right. Then there are those who talk about the so-called one-state solution of annexing the occupied territories and making them part of Israel. And if you did that, you would then truly have an apartheid state where one group of people, Jews, would be equal citizens with full rights And another group of people, the Palestinians, would be residents but have no political rights. That's how it was in South Africa. Yes, White people had democracy, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and black people had no rights at all.
0: Nothing whatsoever.
1: I mean, apartheid means people living in the same territory, having radically different levels of civil rights.
0: Well, uh, is there... It, it seems like, is it true that there's one legal system for Jews and another for Palestinians in the West Bank? Is that accurate?
1: That's right. That's right. The Palestinians are treated as an occupied people mm-hmm. without legal rights. So it, it, it's, it's one of those things that has continued and, in my opinion, violates all Jewish standards. Yeah, yeah. Jews who have been mistreated through history because of their religion should be the last people to mistreat others because of their religion or ethnic background.
0: Well, certainly psychologically, it's, it's common knowledge that uh, if someone is abused growing up, the fact is they oftentimes become abusers themselves. The Palestinians, a, a,
1: a number, a number of people have 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 made that point. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and the, I, I wanted to ask the Palestinians in the occupied territories of the West Bank and Gaza have lived with what some would call state terror for decades, but now, as you point out, that frightening power of the state is being brought home to bear in Israel itself, and not just against Palestinians. This is kind of new. Peace activists. They've been active for decades, and their speech has been protected, but now they are being recategorized as dissidents. Uh, How does this play play itself out? What's happening? I mean, the peace activists have, have always been able to speak out there, as far as I know. What's happening with that now?
1: Well, there is still freedom of speech in Israel, and I think if American Jewish organizations and the U.S. government and the EU, and others would vocally protest limitations upon democracy and freedom, this would have a dramatic impact. But as you say, when you have groups like AIPAC that embrace whatever Israel does, this becomes increasingly difficult to do. But you observed when Bernie Sanders made his Speech in his debate with Hillary Clinton in New York, yes. calling for justice for the Palestinians yes. and an even-handed approach. The audience in New York rose and applauded. Yes, I think Bernie Sanders represents in this particular subject Jewish opinion far better than APAC. Yeah,
0: and. You know, I have to ask now about Hillary Clinton when she addressed AIPAC, which Bernie did not, and I applaud him for that. I I hear she didn't express any concern about the erosion of democracy within Israel or the needs of the Palestinians, and I I, I wonder uh, how if if she becomes the nominee, and it's still an if, uh, and and becomes president, how what what you. Foresee for you know her and actual democracy in Israel. What 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 do we know about Hillary Clinton's position? Is she like down the line pro AIPAC, whatever they say?
1: Well, she certainly did at that speech, but but during the eight years of Bill Clinton's administration, there certainly was an effort to mediate the Israeli Palestinian problem, right. Right. and to move toward a two-state solution. And I somehow think that if Hillary Clinton were elected, she would probably resume that movement. Of course, none of us have any way of knowing. Right. What we do know, though, is that Sheldon Adelson, mm-hmm. who finances Israel's right wing, has now embraced Donald Trump.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting.
1: And Donald Trump has called for an expansion of Israeli settlements.
0: Well, he likes so, he likes walls. That's for sure. And and Israel has certainly beaten him to the punch. Israel has very significant walls up. Maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with the the walls of separation—literal walls that exist and separate
1: highways
0: within the West well, Bank.
1: No, that's a that's a point that was made by. Gideon Levy, who was a very distinguished Israeli journalist in the newspaper Haaretz,
0: mm-hmm, yes.
1: when AIPAC was having its meeting and Donald Trump was addressing it, a number of rabbis said, we're going to walk out because we don't approve of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And Gideon Levy said, how is it that these rabbis are prepared to walk out on Donald Trump who just speculates about building a wall right. against the Mexican border, along right. the Mexican border,
0: right.
1: while they have never walked out on Benjamin Netanyahu, who has built a wall. Yeah, it's, In it, fact, Levy made the point that APAC is not a friend of Israel, because a friend of Israel would want Israel to withdraw from the occupied territories, make peace with the Palestinians, and continue as a normal state. APAC encourages behavior that will be damaging to Israel in the long run. And the point I always make is that friends don't let friends drive drunk. Right. That supporting Israel in behavior that is bad for Israel is not being a friend of Israel. Yeah, I can't
0: think of other nations, other states that the US supports just blindly, you know, without any uh, uh criticism allowed at all. I, it's just it's so unique and uh, the power of APEC uh, and uh, uh there was one rabbi who who said that uh, uh Israel and APEC are murdering Judaism because let's face it people across the world tend to think uh, Jew equals Israel. And it is what Israel is doing, I think, is, is hurting Jews very much across the world because when people just automatically equate Zionists with Jews and they're not the same
1: at all. And, well, Zionism, well, you, you may remember that after the terrorist attacks on Jewish institutions in Copenhagen and in Paris. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu went to Paris, and he said all of the Jews of France should come to Israel because Israel is really your home. Yeah. And then he said to the Jews of Denmark, you should leave Denmark because Israel is really your home. Zionism has a distorted view of the nature of Jewish identity and Judaism. Danish Jews are Danish, French Jews are French, Judaism is their religion. Zionism argues that Judaism is something beyond religion, and that Israel is the center of Jewish life.
0: Mm. Well, we are a diaspora spread out across the world, and I believe there's something in the Bible somewhere about we're supposed to be citizens where we are. And I certainly feel like that, and I'm proud to participate in this democracy as democracy is being withered down in Israel. And one thing that's, you know, it's, it's, I think, a, a unique part of, of freedom is the arts. The arts are always highly valued in a democracy. Always, artists always have the unique freedom to stretch the envelope, to push things a little bit. What's going on in the arts and in the school curriculum in Israel? Another key aspect of of, uh, democracy is not having a state dictate what schools may teach. How is this changing? How are the the arts and the artists being affected? Is their freedom being uh, constrained?
1: Well, in one area, for example, government control over the media is being extended the Israel Broadcasting Authority, with its traditional culture of free criticism, is now being replaced by a new body funded directly by the government and not dependent on license fees, as it was in the past. A new TV channel in Israel, Channel 20, has now emerged with a strong right-wing religious settler bias. So, I think you're having government trying to control the media and the arts. In fact, I just read an interview in the Jerusalem Report magazine with the new minister of culture who is now considering withdrawing funding from those theaters and other groups that talk about understanding between Jews and Arabs and Uh-oh. call about a Palestinian state. Uh, so this right-wing government is endangering artistic freedom and media freedom as well.
0: And w- when I was growing up in the 50s, you know, it was, it was the Cold War, and there was the Iron Curtain, and we were taught, as kids, we were taught that the Soviet Union cracks down on the media you know, controls the media, shuts down the media. And that is one of the most horrible things about the Soviet style of government, that they do not allow different voices to be uh, spoken. Is there there a chilling effect going on right now in Israel when it comes to being able to have freedom of speech? Are people more afraid to speak out now, do you think?
1: Well, you know, some people have compared the legislation... Prime Minister Netanyahu has proposed concerning the NGOs with similar legislation proposed by Putin in Russia and in China. Hmm. But I would say that right now in Israel, there is healthy debate and argument, and many Israelis like the authors Amos Oz and David Grossman are speaking up about what they see. So there is a healthy pro-freedom, pro-democracy group of people oh, in Israel, good. but they seem not to be growing. The right wing seems to be in charge, and those who are against liberal democracy seem increasingly outspoken. That's why I wrote this article in our publication issues a few months ago, celebrating, or not celebrating, but uh,
2: Commemorating.
1: commemorating the 20th anniversary of the assassination of Prime Minister Rabin, pointing out that the people who opposed Rabin's peace efforts at that time and the people that embraced Yigal Amir, the young man who killed Rabin, are now running Israel. Wow. And it's hard to believe that Yigal Amir, the assassin of Prime Minister Rabin, is now a hero to Israel's right wing. Hmm. It's as if we lived long enough to see Lee Harvey Oswald become a hero. Oh my. Oh. It's unbelievable and very sad to anyone who cares about traditional Jewish Moral and ethical values.
0: And in case people may not be aware of who Rabin was, who, who was he and why was he assassinated?
1: Rabin was the Prime Minister of Israel who made peace with Yasser Arafat at Camp David. The dramatic scene of Yitzhak Rabin shaking hands right. with Yasser Arafat on the White House lawn right, right. was we all hope the beginning of a process of peace which would lead to a two state solution. Wow. Yeah. But in Israel, the right wing, which opposed the two state solution, which opposed any withdrawal from the occupied territories, launched a major assault on Rabin, which ended with his assassination. A terribly, terrible tragedy yeah. in history. Terrible tragedy. If Rabin had lived, no. Who knows what would be happening now?
0: He had to be killed, apparently. Now, as, I, as I've as i said, criticism of Israel in the United States has been exceptionally muted. People are, are you know, they, it, it's hard to criticize Israel, especially if you're a Jew. Freedom of speech here has been diminished in this way. Yet there's, J Street, Jewish Voice for Peace, and many other groups calling for a return to democracy and fairness to Palestinians. As Israel cracks down on dissent and liberty, how much might a rising voice of criticism in the United States affect policies in Israel?
1: Well, I think that the growth of groups like Jewish Voice for Peace, J Street, these are all very, very positive and important developments. There's a major dichotomy between support for Israel on the part of younger American Jews and older members of the community. Young people are concerned with justice for the Palestinians, and I hope this will influence our own government as well as the government in Israel. Uh, I don't know, we can only hope that traditional Jewish values will emerge in the end, and that you are judged in the long run, as the Bible tells us, how you treat the stranger, to treat the stranger as yourself. Hmm. God created all men and women in his image to differentiate and treat people in an inhumane manner, because of their religion or ethnic group, violates all Jewish values. And it is a a sad thing to witness. It's even sadder to see so many American Jews turn a blind eye to the negative things that are done in their name.
0: And it doesn't help stability or democracy in the state of Israel. Alan Brownfeld, thanks for being with us. If people want to follow uh, your work, what uh, website can you point them to?
1: Well, it's acjna.org. acjna.org. Or just type in American Council for Judaism, and all our publications will come up.
0: Great. Well, let's let's hope for uh, democracy. I, I like democracy very much, indeed. Thanks so much for thank being you, with us.
1: Thank you very much, Bert. All right. We'll see
0: if we can keep democracy alive here and you know, in uh, other states with which we deal. Thanks for listening. Email me, bert at bertcohen.com. We can keep democracy alive.